In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles Live on Toginet. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. With me is not the Queen, Leslie, as Leslie's in the chat room, that she was the Queen, but, but our special host, co-host, whatever you are, is the uh, photographer for the NDGP, our own Laura Worcester. Good. I hope not. <laughs> Anyways, we're broadcasting live here at the uh, Circles of Wisdom in Andover, Massachusetts. And we want to welcome, because we actually have a few people who came down to visit, which is Bob. Hey, Bob. This is Bob uh, One. And he actually uh, went to the Lighthouse Tour with us on Sunday. So that was kind of cool. Um, later on, we have a couple of other guests coming in. We have our good friend Dorothy, who is a astrologer. I said that. <laughs> and also, uh, we have a big announcement coming up uh, on the hour, which uh, with... Um, what's his name? Come on, help me out here. Good. Uh, Josh Mattel from Berkshire uh, Paranormal. We also have Kate here who's uh, come down to see us and uh, a gentleman with her as well. Ned. So we have Kate and Ned here. So uh, that's about as far as that wire goes there, Laura. So anyways, uh, we are here at the Circles of Wisdom. Uh, you guys can have a grab a seat if you want. Relax, chill, whatever. Leslie's in the chat room. Uh, Leslie, uh, Bob wants to know if you are riding your holly while you're calling in. If not, then what are you doing in chat room? But anyways, the number here is 877-864-4869. Join us live in the Togi chat room. So actually, Laura, what's happening here at the store? You mean Dorothy? So was the unknown? I don't get that. I've asked like a dozen times, but I'm old and I can't remember. But anyway, so what else you got going on? Uh, yeah, she's looking up events. Yes. <laughs> nice homework, kid. 
anyways, uh, as, as I mentioned before, we were down at the uh, Portsmouth Lighthouse, and we did an open house there, and it was simply amazing. Uh, there was, you know, a ton of people there, including uh, my good friend Bob here who came down, and the wait was like an hour in the rain, so that was simply amazing. Uh, it was for a good cause. It was for the uh, Friends of Portsmouth Lighthouse. We will be doing another uh, Lighthouse Open House on in July. If you go to the NE Ghost Project website, you can uh, actually get the date. And uh, it's a $2 donation. Just, you know, I mean, it's kind of cool, and you help in a good cause. Uh, the Ghost Hunters have investigated that uh, Lighthouse as well as us. And uh, John Holland, I believe, was there as well. You know John, don't you? He actually went down here, and uh, he picked up on the lighthouse uh, keeper who was there. Yeah. He didn't get his name. He got, like, the first two initials or something. That's very good. Well, if you psych it, wouldn't you, like, get the whole name? No? I don't get that. I mean, Not necessarily. What, what? I, I don't get that. What do you, I mean, you either know it or you don't know it. No? No. I heard he was, but I didn't see him. But you know, I don't. You know, I, I, that's all the thing that always me about psychics and mediums is they like pick up like the middle name or the Everybody first initials or. So it's it's not an exact science, is what you're saying. Right? Is it a science at all? No. What? <laughs> I mean, what do you mean you're not going, oh, you don't want to insult any of your clientele, is that it? No? Okay. Anyway, if Marion was here, she would answer that question for me as yeah, the usual she, thing. She would whack me in there. Okay, we, we can't hear Laura? Can you hear me? Oh, God. Oh. Here I am. Can you hear me now? Anyways, I guess we have a problem with the mic, which is always fun when we're doing these live things. Uh, let me see what I can do. Maybe we can switch over to a regular mic. We did another thing. It was like two seconds. So anyways, uh, Josh Montello will be calling shortly. And what he does, we have a, a big announcement to make. Now? This was cool. Now we're back. All right. Sorry about that, guys. We uh back on here again. Sorry about that. You know, the funniest thing is we did this uh, live broadcast at Haunted Room 24 at the Concord Colonial Inn, which was really, really cool. I know you can't hear me, but that's okay. Uh, but it was really cool because... We had two laptops, and I brought mine, and this one is here. It was full charged, and uh, we went on the air. As soon as we went on the air, a little battery light went on, which was you know, pretty amazing since it was plugged into the wall. So we had to switch over to the other one. But every time you deal with the paranormal, now, now you're a ghost investigator yourself, right? No? No? Oh, Okay. It, it, it really is. I mean, that's one of the things you always, always have problems with. 
it's uh did you really bob now bob's telling me he hit right well anyways um that's always been a problem what we do uh we actually bless our equipment with holy water and it seems it seems to work so but anyways our first guest is on the line and why don't we bring him on he is uh the head of the Berkshire Paranormal, you probably saw him on, on Chronicles. In fact, he was on the same show we were on. And he is also the uh, gatekeeper for the Hooten Mansion in North Adams, Josh Mantello. Josh, you there? Yes, I am here. Um, and quick, want to jump in and tell you, your audio is, here, is jumping in and out. And I was listening a little bit online there, and nobody can hear Laura. <laughs> I want to check her mic. It's not a bad thing, though, you know? No, it's not, I guess not. I, I never met her, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't even. <coughs> suggesting that you should call in on your phone. Yeah. So anyways, Josh, uh, uh, the gatekeeper of the Hooten Mansion. And for those who don't know what the Hooten Mansion is, why don't you uh, tell us? Oh, the Hooten Mansion is um, built in uh, the late 1800s up here in Western, the northwestern corner of Massachusetts, and over the past few years has really um, become to be well known as one of the most haunted locations in the Northeast. Uh, we believe and have kind of documented uh, four separate spirits or entities inside the building, and it's really a hot spot. Uh, we open the place up for people to come in and, and, and investigate on their own and hold events there for people to come and learn about the paranormal on a regular basis. and. And kind of has become a paranormal uh, uh, center in itself. Now, uh, recently, uh, the Ghost Adventures, which is a new show on the Travel Channel, uh, came up, and you actually locked them in. In fact, you were on the show. Um, that's right. Yeah, they came up um, about a year ago, actually, about a year ago, about this time. They came up and filmed, and we were on the air, aired, I think, in the uh, October month of 2008. Was it on last? How epic was that? Oh, it was. It was really. It was really great. Um, fun time. You know, great guys to work with, um, and it was really cool to see all of us and the building get a uh, national exposure over. Um, you know, over the Travel Channel. <laughs> hey, Josh, can you yeah. sing the national anthem right now? <laughs> no. You sound like you're Fenway Park. <laughs> oh, do I? Yeah. Well, I'll be there Saturday night, but oh, cool. I'm not there now. <laughs> <laughs> but any, anyways, uh, we were actually the first group to investigate the uh, Hooten Mansion. Uh, which you were the first group. Many, many years ago, right? Oh, God, I, I really don't remember. It had to be at least five, maybe probably six now. Yeah, and uh, the, the whole story behind it is... Uh, the, there was an author, uh, Sherry Rebella, I think her name was, and she was writing a book on haunted places in Massachusetts. And Nick, who's your father, and I, I believe he was head of the lodge there, because this is a Masonic lodge as well, um, wanted to make sure that it was uh, haunted. So he gave me a call and asked us to come in, and we did an investigation. It's the first time we met you guys. Yeah, and it's been a, been a fun ride ever since. I mean, since then, we've started our own group. We've been investigating, and, and we've done quite a few fun and exciting things with uh, with you guys 
too, so it, it was well worth it. That's right. We've won uh, several conferences there called Contact. That's uh, which right. Is a trip. <laughs> For those who don't know where the uh, Hoot Mansion is, by the way, it's, it's up in uh, the Berkshires, and yeah. that's a cool place. It really is. It's an old, old mansion. But uh, I don't think everybody knows the story behind it, uh, Josh. So why don't you, you know, fill us in, you know, why is that place haunted, do you think? Well, well basically, the, the, the real short version is, is we had three tragic deaths associated with the building within an 11-day period back in 1914. Um, basically, what happened is, is the building was built by uh, A.C. Houghton, uh, who was the building's namesake, obviously, and... Him and his daughter, and um, a daughter's friend, who was actually his niece and her husband, uh, went out for a pleasure drive um, on a nice August morning, and they were heading up into Bennington, Vermont, and they ran into some tragedy on the way. Uh, the, the car crashed and rolled down the road, killing um, A.C. Houghton's niece and his daughter um, as a result of the accident. Now, the driver, um, his name was John Witters, the driver of the vehicle, and he was a family chauffeur and a longtime family friend. He took um, a great um, deal of grief from this accident and really placed, placed the blame on himself, even though it was blamed on the road conditions. And he, the next day, shot himself in the horse barn that was unattached to the building. Now, A.C. Houghton himself, who at that time was given a, a good, clean bill of health, but um, I guess losing his niece and his daughter and his chauffeur and friends really um, put a heavy toll on him, and he committed, or not, he didn't, he kind of just gave up on life and, and passed away on August 11th, the day after his daughter Mary was finished being waked inside the building. Yeah, and so uh, it's been, like you said, it's been investigated quite a few times, and I know that... Uh, there are several spirits there, including Mr. Houghton, uh, Mary, and the chauffeur. And it seems to be like almost a uh, paranormal soap opera going on there. Sometimes it does feel that way. Um, they all have their own distinct personalities. Uh, for me, and probably for you, because you've been there so many times now, I can kind of feel and, and tell who we're dealing with at any given moment, um, where AC is you know, a typical kind of cranky old man and John Witters is really a grief-ridden kind of soul, and, and Mary is just, I think, um, kind of caref careful, um, very, uh, I'm a, a caring soul, and you can, you can really tell, once, once you've been associated around that building enough times, you, you really start to know who you're dealing with, even though you can't see them. Right. Now, yeah, because you have the, uh, the luxury of being able to investigate it any time you want, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I've actually started to become, started to think of it really. I'm not even investigating anymore. It's more become our research, where we're researching the building on a continual basis instead of investigating it. Because now it comes to the point where we won't even bring all our equipment. We'll just kind of bring whatever we want to look at that day, whether it's EVP, EMF, or video, or, or photo, and, and kind of piece it uh, and investigations like that where we're just concentrating on one particular aspect instead of a whole full-blown five-person group with all the equipment. Right. Now, um, the other thing I was going to talk to you about, there is also, another, we believe, uh, the spirit of a little girl in the basement as well, that nobody knows who she is or where she came from. Is that correct? 
That's true. Um, a lot of people have felt her. Um, I've seen it, and quite a few other people have seen it. She appears as kind of a shadow uh, down Yeah, we just lost you. Josh? Ah! Okay. Anyways. Oh, how about now? Can you hear me now? Yeah, we, we lost you totally there for a minute there, Josh. Oh. Sorry about that. Oh, that's Skype. I'm using my cell phone, and I have one of those, you know, fancy high-tech touch phones, and uh, the mute button, you just have to tap, and must have tapped in my pocket. Yeah, now, when the uh, the ghost adventurers were there, uh, you actually locked them in, and they got some interesting evidence. So what, what do you think was probably the most uh, interesting thing they picked up that night? Oh, there was two things I really think that they captured that were that really caught my eye. Um, one was something in a, in a location of the building we've never caught before, and that was really just the side entrance to it. Uh, really, it's the entrance most of us use as the main entrance, but the, the side, if you ever look at the picture of the building, if you've been there, the doorway that's underneath the carriageway the, on the side of the house off the driveway. Yeah, they captured a very like a fast-moving shadow that just kind of ran across the doorway out of the library. You know, that was very interesting. And the other um, very kind of different piece of evidence they caught was actually one of the, our more uh, hotter spots in the building, and that was in Mary's room. And it, while using a uh, infrared uh, digital camera, they captured um, kind of a ecto ghost appearing in the room next to one of the uh, bed stands or kind of desk nightstands in there. And at the same time, the camera they were using, when you took the picture, it also documents the, the temperature in the room. Right. And so with this camera, the first few shots they took, you know, there was a steady temperature. I, I can't remember what it was exactly. And then they get this one picture where this mist was uh, starting to form and there was a, a I want to say at least five degree temperature drop at that time when that picture was taken. You know, that's the same room that when we were doing contact, I believe it was the first one in July, and we were setting up a little exhibit in that room, and there's a, a chair there, it's called Mary Chair, which uh, people sit in it, and they have these strange experiences when they sit in the, in the chair. Um, and I was set up something, and I had my temperature sensor, and I placed it on the chair. Now, this was in the middle of the summer, and if you know the Hooten Mansion, you know that the windows don't open. <laughs> well, at least you guys didn't open them. Let's put it that way. And there's no air conditioning. So it was about 70 to 80 degrees, I'd say, at 8-plus mark. And when I put the sensor on the chair, I was getting a reading in the 50s. So that was uh, kind of interesting. <laughs> Yeah, it was. That chair, is, you know, it's funny. Everybody's kind of drawn to it. And we've almost made that chair a destination in itself within the building yet. And we call it Mary's chair, but it's not her chair. It's a chair that was brought in by somebody God knows when. But it, it's not. None of the furniture in that building, with the exception of probably the portrait of Mr. Houghton, is original to the building when the Houghtons owned it. So it's not right. really Mary's chair, but for some reason it's in her bedroom, and that, that section of the room is... Uh, very active, and people get very strange sensations and feelings while sitting in that one area. Uh, well, I, it, it, there was a, there was a member that came up for one of the contacts, and she said there's a vortex that actually kind of forms in that area. 
Right, but it may be it may be that uh, you know that's something that she is fond of herself. I mean, she is basically taking it over. You know how you get a new chair in a house yourself, and you know that's dad's chair or whatever. So uh, that may be what uh, she has uh, taken it over. But I mean, there's so many things in that that uh, mansion that you know got named from our first investigation and from our first uh, uh, conference there. Uh, for instance, the seance room, uh, you know, was the, the room that we did the seance the first time we were there, which was uh, interesting as well. But I remember the, the first uh, contact we were there, the, and we were setting up, and there's a little door that goes to the kitchen by the, the main hall. And I saw a woman in there, and I, I saw her go off to the side, and I went to her to see if she needed help or something, but when I went there, there was nothing there. There was nothing but the walls, so it, it, it was my first uh, full apparition at that mansion, so that was kind of cool. That might have been Mary. It might have been someone else. Yeah, you never... It's hard to tell. I mean, that's her room, though, and, and when we do anything in there, generally the impression people get is she, she's hanging out in there, and that is the only room in the building we've been able to document back to you know, belonging to any specific person. We still don't know where Mr. Holton's bedroom was or where John Witter slept. You know, but we know that was her bedroom. Right. Now, and also, I, I believe at the first conference, we brought in some of the witches from uh, Salem. Yep, Sean and Christian were there uh, um, in, in that first conference. And, and that was kind of uh, amazing because they, they made this big... Uh, Big, um, I don't know what what would you call it, Re reunite, re reuniting uh, Mary and John Witter because now there's this you know this this rumor going on after they're dead, of course, that they had a thing going on. Yes, uh, yeah, I remember that very distinctly, uh, and if I remember correctly, somebody actually captured a very interesting picture while that was happening, where it actually appeared two shadows appeared in a picture that appeared that looked like. Um, the two of them coming together. Right. So I mean, that, that was kind of cool. I mean, and uh, I know that that when this happened, that uh, old man Hooten was not really happy that uh, Sean and Maureen, who was my partner, uh, reunited uh, John Witters and Mary. No, he, he definitely, when you start bringing up that subject um, at any time in the building, it things actually will almost kind of get worse. I mean, it's, that's almost our way of taunting. You know, it, some people don't like to taunt, but that's kind of our way to do it. If things are happening, or if we want to get old man Holt and cranky, we, we kind of bring up that subject, and he'll start to make himself known at that point. Yeah, in fact, it was the first seance in the seance room that that subject actually came up, and I remember uh, your uh, father was taking part in this, and he got the chill, and when Marvin's voice changed, because uh, I don't know if you guys know, but my partner does trans-channeling. you guys know what trans-channeling is? No? You ever see the movie uh, Ghost? Right? Remember Whoopi Goldberg's character? That's when the, the spirits actually go into her body, and her eyes change, and she, she, her voice is changing and everything else. She sees a trans-channeler. And uh, it scared the heck out of your father, and, I remember, and everybody ran out of the, the room, but... I stayed behind, and, and I took a lot of readings, and uh, the spot where Maureen was in the, on the uh, table, the exact spot, was like 20 degrees colder than a thermometer that was laying on 
the table just a, a few inches away, which was kind of interesting. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, we also had we had that room completely shut off. All the doors were closed leading into it, and right. that room has no windows. And while we were, we were everybody involved in this investigation, everybody in the building was in that one room. And right. when things started getting hot, the um, somebody actually started knocking on the door to get in. Yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> but uh, that was the first time. And Marmene used to trans, uh, do seances when she was young uh, for adults. Uh, she worked uh, under one of the uh, witches, not the witches, but uh, Laurie Cabot. Uh, but she had given it up because of uh, a lot of particular reasons. And so I actually let her <laughs> into the dark side again, I guess you would say, that particular oh, night. Yeah, I know. it. <laughs> Believe me, she never forgets. In fact, that's yeah, that. She must thank you for it every day, too. Yeah, trust me, she does. Uh, luckily, she's not here now. She's in California. So, <laughs> But anyways... Um, we can only be that lucky. <laughs> the, uh, that whole episode is in, in the book that's coming out in September. It goes Chronicles, the book. Uh, the, the first uh, meeting at the Hooten Mansion, which is kind of cool, and that'll be available everywhere, including here, I think. But anyways, you have an announcement to make, and uh, before you do that, uh, you started your own, not only started your own group, but you all have you also have your own radio show now. We have oh yeah, I do. I have my own radio show now. It can. Oh, you forgot? <laughs> What's that? You forgot? Oh no, you're you're breaking up, and I could only hear half of what you said, so I kind of pieced it together. Oh, good. <laughs> Uh, no, we're, I am doing my own radio show now with a co-host, uh, Alan Shepard, who's kind of a uh, novice into um, the paranormal, and he kind of helps me out, and I help him out, where if I start talking over people's heads, and he kind of reels me down, and it's, it's, um, you can hear it live on Blog Talk Radio, it's called Haunted America Radio, and it airs live every Sunday at 5 o'clock. On Bog Talk Radio, and it's called uh, Haunted America, right? Yeah, and or you can go right to, we have our own webpage, hauntedamericaradio.com, and you can get the stream right off of that. And all the episodes are available for download and podcast on iTunes and off of Blog Talk Radio or hauntedamericaradio.com. Excellent. And before I, I go, I, I just thought of another story. Do you remember the time that we were in the, uh, we did that investigation with uh, Thomas D'Agostino and uh, uh, you guys? Oh, I'll, like never, I'll never night. forget that. That was one of the most interesting nights I've ever had. And it's probably one of my favorite stories to tell because it's a, it was a very significant thing that happened to me, yet I didn't know what was happening until everybody pointed it out to me. And what is that? Oh, we were down in the basement, and um, it, was, it had to be just me, you, Tom, and his wife about 3 o'clock in the morning. And we're all just kind of hanging out down there in the basement trying to see this little girl that's popping in and out, and out of, you know, I I kind of started feeling a little bit lightheaded and feeling having an odd feeling, and I was seeing a lot of just kind of like weird little light shooting around, and I wasn't sure if I could contribute it to you know sitting in the dark and my eyes playing tricks on me or whatnot. But next thing I know, my good friend Ron just puts his camera right in front of my face and flashes me, but my pupils are dilated, so I hurt like a mother. <laughs> And I go blind. I, I probably still have retinal damage from it. And after I swore at Ron for a few months, like, why'd you just do that? You blinded me. I, he, you, you all three are, you're looking at me like you didn't know, you didn't see that. I was like, I didn't, I didn't see anything. I, I can't see anything now. I'm blinded. He's like, and you're all looking at me and say, Josh, we can see you. 
Your face was glowing like somebody had a flashlight on it. It was cool. <laughs> but the, the amazing thing about that thing, too, was in the, in the basement, uh, we were headed out. It was like 3 in the morning. I forget which time it was. And we came into that spot where we saw all the, the lights, and it was extremely cold. We were taking temperature readings. It was. I remember because the... the <laughs> yeah, you broke up on us. Got to get yourself a better phone there, Josh. The vault is open. You're listening to The Haunted Headlines, your source for the stories making waves in the paranormal news. Sponsored by GhostVillage.com at www.GhostVillage.com backslash news. Good evening, you're listening to The Haunted Headlines, Ghost Village's weekly journey on the paranormal newswire to bring you the biggest stories affecting the ghost community. Ghosts are getting in the way by being in the road again. In a story from the LA Times reporting from Chivu, Zimbabwe, people are fearing spirits in the road who seem to be taking the lives of some travelers and putting others in the line of fire there. They believe the ancestors on a stretch of road are angry, maybe in remembrance of Cecil Rhodes, who founded the diamond company De Beers and sold Zimbabwe. Rhodes helped to establish a camp near what is now the highway, and local people strongly believe that many were thrown to a burning pit by the diamond companies. The superstitious among the locals also feel that the younger generation has neglected the rituals that once kept them safe. More than three dozen people have died on this road in recent days, including Susan Zinvagri, the wife of Prime Minister Morgan Zinvari, and another accident there in mid-April killed almost 29 people. The debate rages whether the accidents and the deaths are due to bad spirits in the road or treacherous passage caused by a lack of funds needed to fix the road. Many people in Zimbabwe feel the two are connected. Newport, Rhode Island is known for its mansions on the ocean and historic tales of ghosts, and often the two go hand in hand. One of the more visible houses in the town is now for sale. Belcourt Castle, Bellevue Ave's oldest mansion, has been put up for sale for $7.2 million by the sole surviving member of the family, Harley Tinney, who has owned it for more than half a century. The property was listed on May 1st and is another paranormal real estate to come up for sale since the beginning of the year. This listing might be one of the harder and most telling so far. Newport has long been known as an anchor of affluence in New England, and the Belcourt has one of the most stable properties throughout the last half of the century. In addition to seeking a peek into the old life in Newport and the antiques which have come to characterize the castle, visitors might spot any of the shadows or ghostly figures people have reported there over the years, including the castle's famous monk. In keeping with the paranormal real estate theme, another property in Albuquerque, New Mexico, has gone through a radical transformation in recent days, and the financial backers of the change are hoping a different face will help the old building lose its ghosts. In the coming days, Memorial Hospital, which recently celebrated its 85th year, will become a hotel. According to a story from KOAT, the ABC affiliate out of Albuquerque, the empty, falling-down building, which became a mental health facility in the 1980s, was the site of all the gloom and doom traditionally associated with asylums, and helped to spark rumors and tales of paranormal energy still present there. According to authorities, Klinger Construction will be handling the renovations on the 2.3-acre property, and people on the cruise are reporting the same ghostly happenings that people spoke of for years before it closed and later became a target for ghost hunters and thrill-seekers. Quote, I'm sure it's haunted, Ray Smith, what Klinger says. Don't go on the second floor of the West Wing by yourself. The Hotel Park Central, the hotel which is being built, is expected to open up in about a year. Those are the haunted headlines for this week. 
Make sure to stop by Ghost Village's news section and read about these stories and more at www.ghostvillage.com backslash news. Oh, that's... We are back. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles on TojiNet. I am Ron Kolick. Uh, Maureen, unfortunately, is not with me today. She's on her way back. And she will be here next week when we broadcast live from Salem, Massachusetts at Count Orlox, whatever that is. Uh, no, actually, it'd be kind of cool. I'm really looking forward to it. Anyways, um, Josh, you still there? I am still here. Okay. Now, uh, you, you've been talking and skirting around this announcement, so, so what's yeah, going on? Yeah, Well, you're not there anymore, my friend. No, nope, I'm still so, here. Hello? Yeah, go ahead, Josh. Nope, I'm here, ready to wanna make a big announcement. Yeah, we're waiting. All right. Um, well, I'm pleased to announce the return of the contest conference back at the Houghton Man. Uh, we are gunning to have this held on August 1st, which will be the 95th anniversary of the crash that took Mary Houghton's life and really set into motion the tragedy and death and all the others associated with the building. Uh, I, I, I can't wait to do this. Uh, I always enjoy doing contact and taking that year off. Uh, I think we lost a lot, and I, I really can't wait to get back to it. Right, and uh, as you said, it's the the 95th anniversary of the accident, so that should be uh, really interesting because we are going to do a midnight electronic seance, and we're still in the, the planning stage of it, but uh, we'll be using various devices as well as uh, mediums uh, to try to contact the spirits at midnight at the uh, Hooten Mansion. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. We did something similar to that at our last contact two years ago, and I'll never forget the one EVP that was played live over the PA system that when Ron asked uh, Mr. Houghton, what do you feel of women, and everybody in the crowd just turned around and could hear something come over saying they have their place. Uh, it, you know, it, it's, Hopefully this will work out just as well. Um, we're already getting some ideas of different forms of electronic communications to run all at once, and to try and have another kind of live conversation back and forth with the spirit. Right. I mean, we're planning on having speakers in the afternoon and then uh, break for dinner and then uh, a couple more speakers at night, and then there'll be uh, ghost hunting in the, in the, in the mansion uh, where yep. you can go over places uh, on your own or with someone, and then the midnight seance if you want to take part in it. Absolutely, and I want to make this call out now to anybody. I, I mentioned this to you briefly, Ron. Uh, any psychics or anybody with some sort of psychic ability, I'm going to be putting together kind of a, uh, a psychic tester experiment, if you will. Uh, oh, really? I, uh, I'm coming in contact, and I have somebody who's going to be giving me a, a quantity of some haunted items that we're going to kind of just let be, and then we're going to have some kind of fail-safe uh, stuff that's not haunted and, or have anything attached to it. And we're going to see who, if anyone, can properly identify and really see what the uh, 
the objects are and what they were used for and who they belong to. Some of these are actually really good artifacts. I mean it when I say artifacts. These are historical items. Right. Now, I mean, that's the key. I mean, a lot of people uh, can read things. I think it's called psycho. Oh, I can never say that word. Psychochromantry. Come on. Anybody know it? Psycho. Can you read items? Come on. Nobody knows it. Ah. I can't. Psychometry. Psychometry. Oh, the voice from Laura. <laughs> there she is. I haven't heard her the whole time I was here. Oh, I've been working. You know, that's not a bad thing, though. <laughs> oh, you made that one crack on me about Fenway Park. <laughs> but, but anyways, Laura, uh, you do you read items? Hey, Dorothy. Hey, Dorothy's here, the astrologer from hell. I mean, it's... Uh, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> She's running away, Ron. She's running away. <laughs> Lost another one, didn't I? But anyway, so uh, we will have different objects. I know that um, there are some objects that people won't even touch. For instance, if you go on to the, uh, uh, our website, the com website, there's, there's a link to the Dybbuk box. And I don't know if you guys ever heard about the Dybbuk box, but that thing is... There, it's unbelievable. It was originally sold on eBay. There's a whole history behind it. Uh, people have, have suffered all kinds of consequences because of it. I read the story on uh, eBay, I mean, on our website, which is really interesting. But uh, there are other things. I know I rescued a, uh, well, it was the haunted woman's items from a funeral power that was haunted in uh, Kokomo, uh, Indiana. And there was a lot of items that were supposed to be buried with the women that uh, died there, well, all the people, really. And uh, they weren't. They were just thrown in boxes in the basement, and then they, they kind of, like, rotted and stuff. And then all of a sudden, um, the place started getting haunted, and things happened to the people who were in there. And eventually, it was sold, and somebody sold off all the items on, on uh, eBay, and I bought a 110-year-old Bible a picture of the woman who died, and also uh, a brooch that was made from an eyeglass frame. Uh, and we took some pictures and stuff, which was pretty interesting uh, as far as what came out of them. Uh, so, anyways, uh, that, w- that will be a great experiment. And uh, once again, uh, the ghost, uh, I believe there's another group that's coming out here. I don't know if you can announce that or not, right? Nope, uh, I am kind of trying to keep that low key, but okay, at least the date wise. But there is another ghost TV show that we'll be shooting there within the year. How's that sound? Before the end of the year? Yeah, so uh, that's it's a rocking place, and I really look forward to uh, seeing you again there. And uh, anything you just want to add before I give you the boot? Um, yeah, no, Ron, you know this. Conference is going to be great. I can't wait for it. If it's anything like the others, everybody involved is going to have an incredible time, without a doubt. And just keep checking with the New England Ghost Project on their webpage or my webpage, BerkshireParanormal.com, or the Houghton Mansion page, which is Houghton-Mansion.Tripod.com. Um, I'm working on having a new one go up, but it probably won't be up within the next few weeks. So just keep checking that one. Excellent. Now, uh, somebody in the chat room actually uh, asked about the cost, and we've really done well with that, I believe. 
Well, we're we're kind of aiming. Uh, I don't know if you want to tell them what we're our price range we're looking at, but we haven't settled that okay. quite yet. We're we're looking between you know fifty and seventy five dollars, somewhere in between there. I think but, sixty would be probably in between. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's just me. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Josh, thanks so so much for coming on. Uh, Appreciate it. Once again, I look forward to seeing you guys. It's a great place up there. No up there problem. Ranch. We are definitely oh, we forgot about the one here. thing. You know, they, people want to know, why is there an electric chair at the Hooten Mansion? Well, there isn't actually anymore. <laughs> really? It, it is no longer present. Uh, the place, they, they have been going through the place and really cleaning it up and getting rid of a lot of the crappy old trash that has just been hanging around. And I didn't even notice, but I pulled in the parking lot about two weeks ago, and there was the old electric chair sitting out back, and they were getting rid of it. I I was going to get a hold of it. It might be still be kicking around somewhere, and I, I was thinking of offering it up to a couple other people who were maybe trying to put it on eBay. But basically, yeah, it don't, was don't let that it. baby go. Josh, don't let that go. Do not let that chair go. It has let too it much. Don't let it go. Don't let it go. No, I, I'm trying. I, I got to find out where they put it right now. Um, but anything, it, it was part of an old ritual, an old degree that's not the Freemasons. It's the regular Freemasons didn't use it. It was kind of an offshoot um, organization that used it as part of their initiation, and they no longer exist. Really? Aren't you they got a charge out of that? <laughs> oh, a little bit. Yeah. I've heard some stories from a few people. They won't tell me a lot, but they me a few stories. Oh, you have, right? I have. But they were also at the mansion. Out of them. Yep, the, the lodge is there, and people can actually come into the lodge and, and see the lodge itself, which is quite a remarkable thing. It is. Uh, for anybody who listens, you know, and a lot of people who do visit who are Freemasons, or if any of you are listening that are Freemasons, I can guarantee you that it is probably one of the more unique lodges you've ever visited. Um, unlike most buildings where it's just a room in the building that they've converted, this room was specifically built from floor to ceiling to be a Masonic Lodge and everything in it has all the proper symbolism and everything. It, it, most, a lot of people really love it. Right. Now, I, I have to ask you one more question. Is Do you still have the Psychomanthium Chamber? I do. Or I like so to call it the Psychomanthium Chamber. fresh cone of black paint and the chair in the mirror waiting to be used. Yeah, that was uh, quite interesting in itself. Uh, Maureen and actually, it's made for one, but Maureen and I uh, went in it, and that, you, you can listen to that on uh, iTunes. So, Josh, I want to thank you so much for uh, coming on, and I really look forward to seeing you guys in August, and uh, it's going to be a great conference. Absolutely, and I can't hunt. wait. And Ghost Hunt. And Ghost Hunt, yeah, that's, a, that's key, too. All right, Josh, thanks a lot. No problem. You have a good night, everybody. Yeah. Bye-bye. So anyways, that was uh, Josh Montel from Berkshire Paranormal, and he is the curator for the Hoot Mansion. So uh, is Dorothy around? I'm right here. Oh, my God, the voice from the past. <laughs> Joining us me? now <laughs> is, is my favorite astrologer next to David Wells. There you go. Uh, is Dorothy. <laughs> Hi. Yes. So, Dorothy, you were doing class tonight on eclipses? Yes, I was. We just so, finished. What, what the hell is that? 
That's um, it's basically, well, the one we have coming up is a full moon eclipse. It's a full moon lunar eclipse. It's on July 7th. So we're going over why eclipses are important and uh, where they affect us and how they're going to affect us. Because we have three of them coming up this summer. So it was very important to uh, get a little more information on this. And we'll do the second part of the class the third Wednesday in July. So tonight we covered July 7th as eclipse. Awesome. Now, uh, one thing uh, we learned last time I talked to you is that uh, astrology actually can tell you when is the best time to go ghost hunting. I don't know if you guys knew that, did you? Yeah. Uh, so how does that play, you know, in hand with ghost hunting? How does astrology fit with ghost hunting? Oh, you know, to work with the moon is very important. Uh, the moon goes through um, all 12 zodiac signs every 28 and a half days, as we know the moon cycle is. But um, these signs, some of the signs are water signs. And so when it goes through the water signs, those are the times when um, we can feel more spirit than physical. So I believe that if you were to try that, you know, in your ghost hunting adventures, you'll figure out when the moon is in a water sign. Of course, you'd need to hire me (laughs) 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 and figure out when the moon is in water signs. You know, you will have, I I think it, it would be easier for, you know, you to hear or see or capture spirit, and it would be easier for them to come down to matter, so to speak, so... The connection between spirit and matter is a little less when the uh, moon is in water energy. So let me ask you this. Uh, you deal with signs, all the signs of 12 houses. Then is one particular sign, for instance, if you are Piscean mm-hmm. or, or any water sign, are you a better ghost hunter or, or are you uh, more no. open to spirits? No. No, not necessarily. It's what you choose to do. Okay. There's plenty of Pisces that have nothing to do with spirit whatsoever. They're just more interested in tipping a bottle and having a drink or living in a fantasy world by, you know, whether it's reading books and not living their own life, watching TV, you know, it's, it's what you choose. So if you choose to do this and you are a water sign, then yes, you will be better. You can be better at it than other people. But we all have... All 12 signs in our chart wheel somewhere. So no matter who we are, we're all, we all have a piece of Pisces. You know, we all have a piece of Cancer, Scorpio. We all have everything. So, you know, depends on what we choose to use. Okay. Now, uh, it's amazing. We all have, I mean, why do people call themselves Pisces or Cancer or uh, Aries or whatever? That's where the sun was in the zodiac at the, time, at the day that you were born. That's it. That's, so your is sun, that, that's your sun sign. So is that your ruling house? No, it's not exactly how you word it, but um, that would be... Well, nothing's it, exactly the way I word it. No, that doesn't fit. <laughs> the sun, it, no, no, the, the ruler of the sun actually is Leo. So, um, yeah, that's complicated. I can't explain it. In 15 minutes. <laughs> Sorry. Back one up for Van Helsink. <laughs> I know. You stumped the astrologer. Yes. There you go. You stumped me. Now, just the question is a little, isn't quite uh, worded properly as far as astrology goes. The ruler is, each sign has its own traditional ruler. So, um, yeah. The sign okay. of Pisces is, 
is just what you are. Don't we know Fine. it? <laughs> Once again, Dorothy, uh, you do you do classes here at the Circles of Wisdom, and you also have a website, which is it is Natural Rights, R I T E S Charms dot com. And you also sell little kits on there, like how to make money and stuff, right? Yes, I do. I actually do. They're they're blessing kits. You know, sell your house, clear your house. You know, easy easy to use, so you don't have to go through all the books and figure out all the little pieces, parts that you need to either clear your house, clear your land, how to find a new lover, things like that. Really? They're all made. Yeah, they're all pre-made. Hey, you still have work to do in there. I send. In, I have instructions in there, and still, you, you still have to do some of your own work. Take your own responsibility. Yeah, of course. Can't so all get so isn't, isn't that kind of like witchcraft? Yes, it is. Okay, there you go. Yes. Astrologer and witchcraft. Yes. The, the one thing that, that it's yeah, magic. evidently, you know, you know, I talked to David Wells, and most people know David Wells from uh, Most uh, Haunted, and few people know that he is uh, quite the astrologer. Uh, I mean, that really is his primary role in life. And I always kid him about because I always pictured him at a table, you know, with all the charts out there, going through them and plotting everything. But it's it's all done by computer now, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, it, so it's, no, it's wonderful. No I mean, I still, I still have to interpret it. You know, I still have right. to look at everything that's going on in, in somebody's chart. There's nine planets, 12 houses, an endless amount of relationships between the planets. So, I mean, just, just to cast the chart only takes a couple of seconds now, where it used to take me an hour and a half to do it by long division. It was relentless, and it was awful. <laughs> but now I just I put it in the computer, and, and the chart is made for me, which is much more accurate. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you know what's, what's funny is uh, I never really believed in a lot of spiritual stuff. You know that. Uh, but ever since I've been exposed to it, I, I kind of, you know, get more and more... Notice the validity of it, uh, perhaps even get interested in it a little bit. And astrology, though, has always been uh, a unique facet of the spiritual world that I think most people tend to believe in, or at least they'll look at that little column in the newspaper and say, uh, you, know, uh, you know, what's the story here? What's my day going to be like? Whatever. Exactly. Everybody does that, and it's, just, it's interesting, too, because... I have to say, when I do events where there's multiple readers and I'm the astrologer, people mm-hmm. go to the other readers first because they don't understand astrology, which they don't have to because that's my job and that's what I love to do. Right. But even though everybody will read their horoscope, and I've done this for years, if I'm at an event where there's a choice, whether it's a psychic medium or a tarotist or angel cards or something like that, the astrology, I get the least amount of readings just because, I mean, I hear it. People are like, mm, I don't get, I don't understand astrology. And it, so it's, it's fascinating. So there's absolutely two sides to that coin where people will read their horoscope every day, but then when it comes down to having a reading, they're like, what? Nope. <laughs> so I'm working on that. Because that's my no, job, and I, I mean, love to do it. So... You're saying astrology, like things rule, rule, you know, from the stars and so forth. But do you consider yourself a psychic or a medium as well? Yes, I am. Yep. 
I try not to use so the mediumship not, too much. It happens all by itself, so I, I try not to do that too much because it freaks me out. <laughs> freaks you out? It's, yeah, because I'm not trained in it. But when when I'm sometimes when I'm doing a reading for people, I mean, I I do get the intuitive information a lot. So I have their chart and I and I start my information with their chart. But once in a, you know the intuitive stuff comes in, I don't have a problem with that. But once in a while, when somebody's relative who's passed away comes in and just starts showing me this and making me feel that, yeah, I don't like that at all. So. Right. I kind of think I need a little training there if I'm going to keep that that door open, so to speak. I'd, li- I'd like to actually address something uh, since you brought that up a little bit about training and so forth. I, I know we do ghost hunt seminars and, and other people do them as well, but um, there are some of them that really aren't, I, I don't believe they're trained to handle certain situations that occur. Uh, for instance, in, in uh, the mediumship and the psychic stuff, uh, where you have somebody who is open or, or don't even know they're open, and, and they have a, a, a weird experience during a ghost hunter or, or, um, or even a training class, and there are some people that just don't know how to handle that. I mean, I've heard this story about this, uh, this group that uh, took a... I group out to some place, and I, I know the place well, and, and, and a woman got actually physically sick, and they, they didn't know what to do. They just actually left her there and went on, which is, I, I, you know, I, I can't, wow. you know, can't even fathom. I mean, uh, that that's, people don't realize that there are inherent dangers in what we do as ghost hunters, uh, yeah. especially on, on the psychic again. Uh, yeah, there is. There is. There's yeah. a lot of protection that you need to do. You really, you need to know what works for you because, you know, just doing sage is, can't, doesn't cut it for everybody, you know, and, and right. even just to get attached. I mean, it's just, um, you know, when I start feeling really, really massively dizzy when I'm in a work environment, which is the readings that I do, I know somebody's attached themselves to me. I can feel it. And so, I mean, there's just so many different things. I have to try a lot of different things to, to remove that energy because I get so dizzy I can't even stand. And, I mean, I've been doing this stuff for a lot. The astrology I've been doing for a long time. The spiritual stuff has been about five years or so. <laughs> and so, I mean, I, I still feel like a novice sometimes when it comes to all of a sudden if something's just attached itself to you. It's like, oh, my God, what do I do? <laughs> it's pretty. It's amazing. So you have to have a good support team around you. Those people shouldn't have left that- her. I know it's, it's simply amazing. I, I know that last uh, August, when David Wells came over and uh, uh, did some events with us, uh, we went on a uh, lighthouse tour, uh, which is you think pretty mundane. It was in the daytime, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yet there was uh, a woman there. Actually, it was two instances where a woman had a difficult time and something had attached to herself, and and Maureen and myself, uh, you know, had to uh, uh, you know take care of the situation. But I mean. It's the at least we were there and we knew what we were doing, uh, but even like I'm saying, in, in the daytime and just like even a tour, uh, if you're open, hey, it can happen. Yeah, it does. It does. It happens to the best of us when we're not paying attention too. <laughs> so keep right. you know get practice and and when you have new people come to events. You know, it's just important. Or if you know an event, a place is really active. Were you at the Portsmouth Lighthouse? Up in, I mean, in Newcastle, Very good. Hampton. See, you are a little psychic. 
I grew up there. <laughs> I know all about that did, lighthouse. Did you really? I grew up in Portsmouth, yeah. I used to hang out at those places before they were popular as a bratty little teenager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, especially places that you know that are very active, it's important that you pick your team well. So that's your job, Ron, huh? Yeah, evidently. Yeah. Um, the Portsmouth Lighthouse is a great In fact, uh, we are doing another open house. Uh, Bob, uh, who's gentleman that uh, listens to the show, he's here with us today. Uh, Bob says hi to you, Leslie, and uh, who else is there? Larold? You know Larold? He's in the chair room once in a while. Anyways, so Bob says hi. So anyways, uh, yeah, we, we did uh, a uh, open house here, and we have another one in July and another one in August. And we'd like to uh, invite you down. It was like a $2 donation, and it was for uh, the Friends of Portsmouth Lighthouse uh, because they're also uh, not only taking care of uh, Portsmouth Lighthouse, but also they just acquired Whaleback as well. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Nice. Did you ever go out to Whaleback? Uh, no. Nope. That's a cool place. I, I would really love to go out there. It, it's difficult to get to. There's no dock or anything. You actually have to jump off the boat to get on it. So. <laughs> True. <laughs> That's New England for you. So, I mean, when you were growing, uh, this is interesting, uh, Leslie. Hi, Bob. <laughs> so, anyways, um, when, when you were growing up there, did you, I mean, it's a Coast Guard base now, but did you go and explore it? Yes, I did. Yeah, we would we would sneak around there, even though I, as I was um, really young, before I could drive. I don't know how I got there. <laughs> we won't say. Um, yeah, we used to go into the lighthouse area and then into the fort area. And there's all kinds of caverns and caves and old buildings that are completely grown over. Used to just hang out in there and just run around and just have a good time. It always creeped me out, though. Never knew why. So. All right, Dorothy, we want, we want to thank you so much. I know you got to get going. We really appreciate you stopping by and uh, talking with us. Thank you. And once again, give out your website. It is naturalrightscharms.com. <laughs> All right, thanks, Dorothy. Thank you. All right, that was pretty cool. She wanted to see my favorite astrologer next to David Wilkos. I have to say that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we have a, a, a guest here at the uh, Circles of Wisdom. A young lady who came down for the radio show, so we'd like to put her on the line and, and kind of talk with her. Hello, you there? Yep. Hey, uh, and you are? Uh, Katie. Hey, Katie, how are you? Good. So you came down just for, for the radio show? Yeah. That's pretty sad, you know. <laughs> you got no life or, or what? No, not really. <laughs> So, anyways, you were telling me earlier that uh, you were interested in the paranormal and, and you had taken some classes before and have gone on a couple of uh, investigations. I believe one was at the town hall in where? Bridgewater. Bridgewater. And so you, you want to tell us a little bit about how you got interested in the paranormal and some of your experiences? Um, yeah, I guess, I don't know, just watching like ghost hunters and paranormal state. And then I found out they were teaching a class, and it was like three hours long, but I took the class, and um, I asked the guy if they were taking new members, and they were um, 
the guys from New England Paranormal, and they said, well, from we're kind of far. How about you find someone closer? And I'm like, okay. So I uh, just went online and, like, researched all these groups, and there was a group um, down the Cape 